Fred Hubner, hey, hey. Murph and Fred, back together again on ESPN 1000. Ah, let's get rolling, busy day. Live on State Street, Murph and Fred, as the big voice, deep voice guys are back together again. Fred, it's going to be warm and uh, beautiful, and uh, let's. T- every day is like money in the bank in January in Chicago, right? I wanted to bring my my glove. I was, I forgot. I wanted you know during commercial breaks, go on out yeah. front and throw the ball around oh. because it would. Been, it's perfect weather. Okay, last week in the forties when it was zero, you could have used two gloves, one uh-huh. on each hand. Yep. I got you. Mm-hmm. What you got a catcher's mitt at home, or you got your, no, 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 no. Fielder's a two thousand uh, and uh, and another brand new Wilson glove that my uh, uh, goddaughter got me years ago. Uh, yeah, One of those ones they say are pre-broken in. They are. No, yes, pre-broken just, in. It's unbelievable. You put it on, you don't yeah. have to put it underwater, put a baseball no. on it, none of that stuff. No, Lay rub, it under your pillow. Rub shaving cream on it for yeah. the lanolin. Yeah, none of that oh, stuff anymore. the good old days. The A2000. We'll talk about that some other time when we uh, don't we'll start have, a baseball in a April. Busy, busy day. Hey, glad you're with us. I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. Nine till noon. Big day for you. Stick around for the next three hours. Uh, oh, look at this. Dan Shanka is going to join us in a few minutes this hour. Dan Shanka is the top guy over at the uh, longest running uh, college uh, uh, football uh, scouting bureau. Always getting ready for the uh, draft. Get a little Bears inside thoughts from the top guy out there, Dan Shanka, later this hour. Hey, the 10 o'clock hour. Look at this, Fred. Kendall Gill. That'll be fun. Oh, I love Kendall Gill. He's been uh, he's been watching the improved Chicago Bulls play uh-huh. all year. Does the pre and post Mark Shinovsky and uh, and uh, big uh, Will, Purdue. Will Purdue? Yeah, sometimes Horace Grant sits in there with the guys. Kendall Gill in the ten o'clock hour, and uh, hey, one of my favorite columnists in Chicago, Fred. We read him all the time from the Sun Times. Steve Greenberg, he sprays dull fields. Very creative writer. Yep. Got some uh, nice angles on uh, all the sports teams here. He's had five, four or five columns in the last month. Uh, we've uh, saved, set aside. We'll visit with Steve Greenberg. He'll, he'll cover the Bears and the Bulls and the Sox, Blackhawks, you name it, Bears. Uh, what else do we have today? Well, we got you and me. Uh-huh. Lots to cover. And, uh, hey, look who's working with us today. Big Bad Sean. Hey, Sean Davis. Big Sean. Big Sean. Hey, Big Bad Sean helping us out. If you want to call in, 332-3776. Also, I hung around enough at the Cubs convention Saturday to get some intel. Did you see Sammy anywhere around there? No, but I got some intel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not 100 shares of intel stock. Uh-huh. Uh, some intelligence. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, pretty interesting. We'll try to shoehorn that in maybe a little bit here in the first hour. Did you see Brian Dunsing in the hallways nope, before nope. they signed up? Crafty lefty. Yep. That's nice, a smart move. Nice pickup. Yeah, very, nice very pick. nice. So, got some uh, socks. Next week, uh, socks convention. Yep. Well, I already got a few guests lined up. Going to talk a little White Sox baseball. So, next week, Sox fans, on your way to and from the uh, convention, or if you're not, uh, Fred will uh, hand you over to a couple of great Sox guests next week, and I'll eavesdrop on you Sox guys. Yeah, I'm going to try and get over there Friday for the media thing and listen to see mm-hmm. what uh, what Rick Hahn and everybody has to say before I do a show tomorrow, uh, yeah. next Friday night. So, I'll have, a, oh. I'll have hot news, hot, fresh stuff. Good. So Hey, Big Bad Sean, uh, why don't you give me a little uh, Murph and uh, Fred 
fan focus group Twitter poll music for uh, 9 a.m. right now. Our first one is vote now at ESPN 1000. Oh, this, yeah, I'm very proud of this one, Fred. Well, you write them all. Since I wrote it, I yeah. ought to be, right? Yep. I need to put one out I'm not proud of. All right, here's the question in multiple choice. Vote now. Nico Meritich is better this year because A, B, or C, all right? Okay. And we'll run this by Kendall Gill. Nico is better recently this year because A, he's finally figured it out. B, there's no Butler and no Wade coming up the works. Okay. C, <laughs> come on. Murphy's just on a two-month heater. All right? <laughs> Vote right now. We'll ask Kendall. Vote now. Nico is better now because, A, he finally figured it out. B, Butler and Wade aren't there to gum up the works. C, calm down. Calm down. Just a two-month heater. How do you think the fans are going to join uh, in on that one, do you think? Think Fred, uh, I, I think I, I know how I would. All right. uh, I think you finally figured it out. All right. Voting A. A. Yep. May I vote B? Sure you can. Will I sound ridiculous, though? B. There's no more Butler and no more Wade to gum up the works. I think everybody's better without Wade here. And uh, Butler? Well, uh, he, Butler was good. I didn't have a problem. The right. whole the whole thing went to hell when uh, they brought uh, Dwayne Wade over. It could have been one of the worst free agent signings in the history of Bulls basketball. Not only from what he didn't right. did or didn't give right. the team, but he made Jimmy Butler the kind of Jimmy Butler he was last year. He all of a sudden his head became bigger and bigger. His head might not have fit through the hoop last year. See, everyone's saying, well, Nico, either A, he figured it out, as you voted, or uh, C, he's just on a two-month heater. March isn't even here yet. Wait till March gets here. He'll be even um, even better. He's always good in March. We'll ask Kendall Gill. He's in the, around uh, 1030. Said he'd give us a call. I don't know enough about basketball. In fact, uh, I don't know anyone does unless you played the game or you're really an insider. They're finally playing, uh, you know, Freddie Ball, Hoy Ball. Right. They they couldn't play it with Butler and Wade because as now we hear more and more, they just wouldn't do it. Uh -huh. Whether they were physically able to do it or not, they just didn't want to do it. Right. So who's to say that this is not the real Nico, the long-term Nico, the Nico that would have been here all along if he didn't have other guys coming up the works? Well, sure. I don't know. Could be. So I don't know. Everyone, oh, got to trade him. Nico's gone. Nico's gone. Any day now. Uh, Nick Friedel, oh, it's just a matter of time. Any day now. And I'm sure that that's probably going to happen. Don't get me wrong. I'm, but you have to in the back of your mind, three three two three seven seven six. you have to say in the back of your mind, well, wait a minute. Maybe, finally, he's unencumbered. Uh -huh. And he's allowed to do what he, you know, does best. And then if we're not giving the ball over here, no spit, you know, well, we'll find out. Ah uh, well, let's go to let's do this. Well, I was see, I was one of the few guys that thought that uh, Tony Kukoc would have been better without uh, well, Jordan and Pippen. Perfect example, because they, they he couldn't play his game when he came here because those guys were there. They didn't want to give him the ball. You know, about ninety seconds ago, you threw me a little curveball. You said 
The free agent signing of Dwayne Wade might have been the worst free agent signing in the history of, and I didn't say Chicago sports. No. But you said the Bulls. The Bulls, yeah. Because then I was going to say, and we're not going to do that list. No. But the more you think about it, when Jerry Angelo gave the long extension to Jay Cutler, that didn't work out too well long term. Now, I'm not an anti-Jay guy. You know that. Yeah, either am I. But... To give that long-term deal at that time frame to Jay, just that's when the wheels really started falling off. He had played the two or three years when we got him into trade for Orton and the number ones uh-huh. or whatever they, they traded. But then all of a sudden, as soon as he got the longer paper, as Dan Jiggins used to call it, all of a sudden, that's when things started going sort of down the hill. Yeah, it also didn't help that he, I mean, when he had receivers, they got to the NFC Championship game. So, no, you know, no, no, I'm, no. I'm not going to blame Cutler as much as everybody no, no, else does. No, either. no, I know. But that long-term deal at that time, yeah. you know, it just sort of, I don't I'm know. never, I'm never a guy that thinks that the big money makes guys stop no, playing. No, and I, I didn't mean okay. the money. I didn't mean the money. It was just, I don't know, maybe he said, okay, I'm here now, you know, I do what I do, and, yeah. you know, it, who knows? Because so, no one wants to go out, out there and be embarrassed. Of course, the worst free agent signing in... Or maybe Jay didn't care. Chicago sports history. You have to look at the right fielder now of the Chicago Cubs. No, are you kidding me? He's working with Chili Davis, who's a switch hitter. Yeah, too bad uh, Hayward's too bad Hayward's not. not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Chili will teach Hayward to become a pinch hitter. Or a switch hitter, I mean. Can you imagine? A pinch hitter would be even better so you don't have him out of the field all that. If Theo had the $27 million a year that they're committed to Jason Hayward from now until, uh, what, 2021 or whatever, then you got the dough in the right-hand drawer right there for uh, for Harper. Well, in your in your saying, where are they going to get the money yeah. for Harper well, when you, everyone's forgot about the twenty seven million that they're committed in right field already? In a phrase you use quite often, Uh-oh. in a fit of imbecilia, maybe yeah. uh, Jason Hayward <laughs> will opt out next year. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he can get a contract instead of twenty seven million guaranteed for four more years. He can pick up two and a half million. Right? Can you believe how uh, Theo and Jed are probably kicking themselves? Well, what do you we, think, Ricketts? <laughs> you don't think Ricketts is kicking his we own? We gave him an opt out. <laughs> Oh, an yeah. opt-out. Yeah. Not only are we going to give it $189 million over uh, eight years, we're going to even give you the courtesy of an opt-out if you want to leave us. If you'd us like to leave us. Because you think someone else is going to give you more. Then, yeah. okay, bye-bye. Now they'd all like him to leave. Were they nuts? Yeah. That made the uh, Edwin Jackson. Was that his name? Yeah. He pitched for all both sides of town. That meant the Edwin Jackson four years, fifty-two million, thirteen million a year times four. The chicken feed. You know, he just signed with somebody else. Again. I know, I know. I don't know if it was the uh, Nationals or who it was, but he just signed with some. Yeah, he signed again with the Washington Nationals. Three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. Dan Shanka later this hour will talk Bears. All right, let's go. Uh, let's uh, sneak preview. Let's look at our nine thirty Twitter poll. Which. Is the Bears, which of these two is the Bears' most important hire? I like this. Jack this up a little bit there, will you, big bad Sean? Give me some. Look at Fred spinning the basketball on his index finger. Yeah, I can do that for a little while. Here comes Fred with a big bucket of confetti to throw at me. I realize... Wait, it's water, Fred. That's the wrong bucket. I realize I spin the ball the wrong way. That's why it doesn't <laughs> stay on my finger long enough. Well, then you should go down to Australia. Most people spin it clockwise. Uh-huh. I, spin it, I spin it counterclockwise. Like the water going down the bathtub drain. Uh-huh. Yeah, south of the equator, they say it goes the other way. I believe that's baloney. Baloney! 
course, I've never been down to try it, and I don't plan to. No, I don't either. I'm very happy right here. Three three two three seven seven six. Which is the Bears uh, of these two the most important hiring? A. Offensive coordinator Mark Helfrich. B. Defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Hmm. Our guy Jigs. I keep referring to Dan Jigs. Yep. Things that make you go, hmm, think about this now, right? I don't know the answer, and I wrote the question. Yeah, How I, would I, I, got, I know my answer. Is it more important to hire Mark Helfrich, the new offensive coordinator, got to tutor the quarterback. Right. Offense last year didn't really seem to have a flow, a game plan. How do you release uh, Tariq Cohen? How do you get the big tight end involved? The offensive line, the offensive coordinator. We got to protect and teach and nurture the new quarterback. Or, more important to sign, resign, I guess you would call it, the free agent coach, Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator, who was met, most people say, you know, he's brilliant, top one of the top guys out there. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking about changing my mind. Uh-oh. All but right. uh, I originally right. going to say Helfrich, but um, <laughs> but you know why? Why did you bring Matt Nagy in here? Because he's an offensive mind, so mm-hmm. he's supposed to do some of this. And uh, yeah. where without him, that you know nobody else on that you know up at Hallis Hall knows defense. So it's great to have uh, Vic Fangio back. I'll be interested to see the results of that. Fred, uh, I feel like we're on it. We're on the heater right now. Okay, well, we got things rolling. We got a caller on the screen. Wants to talk about you should applaud the White Sox for patience. Okay. Do we take the call? It's up to you. Sure. All right. Let's bring in Northwest Side Tom. Hey, Tomas, is that you? That's me. Listen, uh, Mike and Freddie, appreciate you guys all the time. And uh, just chiming in again with you, uh, Freddie, about this idea of the White Sox not going out into the free agent market, whether it's for Illich or Machado or any of these guys. Let's go with the hand that uh, we're playing. And uh, I applaud Mr. Reinsdorf for not, uh, uh, you know, like the Bulls. Look at what the Bulls have done, you know, uh, with this, uh, in what they what they call basketball hell, you know, where they're uh, uh, not quite bad enough to, to get uh, a decent uh, draft pick. Uh, which they were shooting for, but uh, they're now they're they're talking about getting rid of now that Dunn is hurt and all that, uh, going back to let's tank. But uh, the White Sox have tanked, and let's go with you know with the guys that we have, whether it's Eloy or or Mancata, uh, even even Charlie Tillerson. You know, I'd rather deal with them than dealing with a guy like uh, you know. You know, mortgaging our future with Illich or, you know, Machado or any of these well, guys. Christian Yelich yeah, is Yelich pretty is, good. Yelich is good, but, <laughs> uh, you know, Yelich wouldn't come unless they moved to Moncada or somebody well, else like that. And hey, I don't, you know. Tom, uh, keep your eye out for a Fred uh, Sox convention thanks, next Tom. week, okay, buddy? We love you guys. Take thanks, it easy. Thanks, Tom. thanks. Just, yeah. just to recap, earlier uh, on the wires, uh, we don't call them that anymore. What do you call it? Earlier this morning, at 4 a.m., I saw a little note that it appears 
uh, that Miami Marlins have lowered their demands for star stud center fielder with a lot of long-term control years left. Christian Yelich, who can do it all. Uh, they got turned down by the Braves. Fred uh, they asked the Braves for their number one prospect, and they said, no, we ain't giving them up. Right. Yeah, they're not going to, and uh, they're going to ask everybody for their number one prospects. And uh, The report said they're lowering their demands. Yeah, That's well, all I saw. Yeah, sure they are. Will they take Tim Anderson and, uh, you know, Charlie Tilson? I don't think so. Well, not that low. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, well, what? So they're lowering their demands, okay. but they're not lowering them all that much. I mean, the White Sox don't want to give up. White Sox have a ton of pitching. I think if they end up giving up anything in years to come, it'll be pitching. Um it might be a Dane Dunning. Uh, Alec Hansen was what led all the minor leagues in strikeouts like last year. Three baseball America Sox top ten. Yeah, I know. So, but they've they've got pitching. So you know you've got Giolito and Fulmer. I I could see them moving a guy like Fulmer. Well, wait a minute now. The Sox were just voted or rated, I should say, by Baseball America number one yeah. farm system. The Cubs number twenty seven and falling, unfortunately, but. Christian Yelich is a special guy. You're saying that, okay, look what you got for Chris Sale, right? You yep. have four guys, including Mancada. Uh-huh. Now, this guy Yelich has maybe as much or more value than Chris Sale had at that time of the trade. As much, maybe not more, but I know how good Chris Sale is. You you got the number one farm system. You can get a center fielder that's as good as they come, right. other than maybe like a trout, of course. Don't get me wrong. But this is a perennial all-star young guy uh, on base through the roof. Gap power, 18 homers, 60 RBIs, top of the order, stolen bases, gold glove. You you would not, you got to consider one or two of your top 10 guys. No, I don't. Him. Really? No, nope. nope. they okay. said that they're build, They're going to build. Uh, through the draft, they've got a bunch of guys uh-huh. there. If you want Mike or Adolfo, you can have him. If you want, uh, you know, the guys that are 11th, 12th, 14th, 15th on the Sox list, you can have them. And maybe there's one or two guys in the top 10 you could have, but, mm. uh, I'm All not, right. I'm not giving up a Moncado or, uh, uh, Jimenez or, um, a Kopech or this any of those guys. This guy's got like four years of control. Yeah, that's okay. Because they signed him like the Sox signed Chris Sale early to an extension. Yeah, the Sox are hoping that uh, Eloy Jimenez and all, all right. these other guys will turn into but you don't have a center, You don't have a big center. You don't have a big time center fielder, do you? Didn't you read Adam I, Engel's working well, on no, his no, improving a, his hitting? He's a nice player. He's a Gold Glove type outfielder. Robert. Is he his corner? Yeah, they're I both think. corners. Right. Him and Jimenez. All right, let's go. Uh, let's take a peek at our uh, 10 a.m. Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. All right, this is uh, after being at the Cub convention, talking to some insiders. There's more and more questions as to uh, when the Cubs TV contract comes up after 2019. You know, oh, we're going to get our own. They're going to get their own, uh, their own network. They're going to. What are they going to do? One thing they want to do is monetize it. That's the phrase for how much money can we yeah. make? All I can All tell right? you is if the, if and when that happens, yeah. I will see a lot less Cub games. Well, here's the. Here, let me pose this because <laughs> I'm not paying. All right. To watch Cubs games, you would pay multiple choice, A, B, C, or D. All right. Uh huh. These are some of the numbers that they're kicking around internally, I believe. To watch Cubs games, you would pay 
$100 a year. Okay. $250 a year. $500 a year. Or D, more than $500 a year. Yes, that's what they're kicking around okay. at Clark and Addison. Following the end of the uh, current agreement, which is uh, you know 40 games or whatever, with the, uh, or maybe more with Channel 9. The rest with now called NBC Com Sports Net or whatever, right. Chicago. So uh, I think that they're trying to figure out what's that uh, hot point uh -huh. number where all of a sudden, Cubs go, oh, no, that's, that's too much. No. Is that $100 a year? $250, $500 or more. Uh -huh. We'll cover that. $10.30. Oh, this will be when Kendall Gill's here. Yep. Supposed to give us a call around 10.30. What is Larry Markinen's future? Okay. All right. Multiple choice. Hopefully it's always in Chicago. A, B, uh, I didn't factor that in. Yeah. Yes, I agree. A, B, C, or D. What is Larry Markinen's future? Zero all-star games. One all-star game. Multiple all-star games. Or D, NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay. Well, they don't, have an, they don't have an NBA Hall of Fame. They just have a basketball Hall of Fame. Very good. Yeah. But that's, yeah. The Canton basketball... No, that's football. Uh-huh. Uh, Springfield Mass. Thank you. Yeah. Hall the of basketball Fame. Hall of Fame. Mm hmm Yeah. Remember, Kendall Gill said on the post-game show about uh, three games ago, that's why this was the uh, selected for the Twitter poll question when he will be here. He said, Will Purdue and I, Kendall Gill, we both played... Versus Dirk Nowitzki, his rookie year. Right. And right now, Markinen's better. Okay. All right. All right. That's a small sample, Murph. I understand that. I think his rookie year, he was only 18, too. Nope, 20. I got all the numbers here. Nowitzki was yep. 20? Yep. Oh, I remember watching him play in the McDonald's All-American game. Okay. So unless he went to high school for a long time. Baseball reference. Basketball reference.com. Yeah. Pull it up. Yeah. And I'll also tell you this, right now, Markinen's better in every category. All right? It's, 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 early. A, it's a different league. Oh, yeah. 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 Steve from Bloomingdale is next with Murph and Fred. Hello, Steve. Hey, how you guys doing? What's uh, up, hey, Steve? I just want to, hey, um, would you do a trade for Albert Elmoro for Yelich straight up. Well, yeah, but Miami's not going to do that. Well, I suggested but two weeks a, ago. Maybe it's a start. I suggested two weeks ago Elmora and Hap for Yelich. And I was surprised that Cub fans um, said no. And then people were all telling me there's no way that Miami would do that. It's not enough. And so, if, you know, if if they need more, the Cubs are out of luck because I don't think they have any more to offer. Unless they, gonna, the yeah, unless they were going to offer a shortstop. Unless they were going to go, you know, Al, Almora and, I don't know, Almora and Addison Russell. Is that enough to bring Yelich over? I, mean, now, I don't know. Miami also, uh, they're saying that they don't want major league players. Now, well, then Hap, the Cubs have nothing to talk well, to them about. But Hap has only played, right. what, 81 games? If that? Uh-huh. And Almora... Though he's been in the big leagues, he's probably, he hasn't played 162 times two, I can guarantee you that. No. Maybe a year and a half. So, to Miami, 
they want double A guys is what the story was today. Yeah. And they've lowered their, their uh, demands a little bit. Catch up on a few things. 115 games for Hap. Really? Yeah. All right. I was low. Yeah. I thought 81. I thought it came up around, uh, you know, all-star break or you look at it, mid-season. Tw- 24 right. and 68 for homers mm-hmm. and RBIs. So. All right. Last chance. Vote right now for our uh, 9 o'clock Twitter poll. We'll have the results when we return. Dan Shaka coming up uh, next. Said he'd give us a call from our lads. Vote now. Nico is better because, A, he finally figured it out. B, no, there's no Butler and no Wade, and it's just a two-month heater. In fact, let's let's bring in Big big Sean. Why don't you give us the, uh, the results right now? We're going to be busy in the next half hour. What the fans say? Why is Nico better? Figured it out? It's just a little hot streak? Or Butler and Wade aren't there to gum up the works, Sean? 18% say he finally figured it out. 40% say it's just a two-month heater. And leading the way with 42%, no Butler and Wade. There you go. Fans have spoken. Football next. Figure a little more about what the Bears can, will, might do with the number eight pick. Vote now at ESPN 1000. We'll be right back after this with Football Talk on ESPN 1000. Busy day. Glad you're with us. Hope your Saturday is off to a nice start. Mike Murphy, the Cub fan here from Lions Township High School, LaGrange. Fred Hubner, White Sox fan from good old Martin East in Cicero. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. <laughs> One minute away from Dan Schonk, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Bears sitting number eight from our lads. They're the guys. In fact, that's been the topic all week. Dan Schonk is on hold right now. Eavesdrop on this there, uh, Dan. Early this week, Cap and Company, Jesse was on. They got into it back and forth. Cap wants the offensive lineman. Jesse says, you need the wide receiver. Let's eavesdrop here from earlier this week. The most important thing is that offensive line has got to be so overhauled, in my opinion. Look, Kyle Long's healing from multiple surgeries. Love him. I think he's really sold his body for this team. But I would love to see them go get McGlinchey or the kid at Oklahoma and put together an offensive line where you go, okay, Game on. Now we can give our guys some time. Dan, before you answer that, I'm going to disagree with Cap. So I want to see which way you go. Because I think Trubisky has already proven he can extend plays. That he doesn't have to have four all-pros on the offensive line. I think the absolute priority, and of course you can do two things at once, should be the wide receivers. Because if you extend plays, you got to have somebody on the other side that's going to catch the ball. And that will really round out the offense. So I feel like that's more important. <laughs> Oh, they gotta love it. Of course, the edge edge rusher and the cornerback wouldn't hurt either. Let's go to our lads. Not only the best, but the longest running independent NFL scouting service in football today. Let's say hello to our guy, national scout over the years, NFL. Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins, Kansas City Chiefs. I understand he's getting ready for the East-West Shrine game. He's there. Let's say hello. Murph and Fred saying hi to Dan Shanka from Chicago ESPN. Hello, Dan. Hello, gentlemen. It sounds like you're in rare form again today. So uh, 
you know, maybe it's that cold weather. You're you're trying to fight it. You know, uh, uh-huh. it might be a warm warm streak coming through there. Uh, you know, next week or so. Ooh. I hear it might get to all the way up to the fifties. So you never know. Oh, that's fine with us, Fred. Uh, every all you ever hear the Bears uh, insiders, the Bears, uh, you know, scouting department. Everybody says we've got to look at this draft to find a way to make Mitch Trubisky. You know, better and to grow and to nurture, uh, how- and of course the Bears will take the fun- uh, defensive back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they'll do. Dan Shaka, you've been around. We're not looking right here for any specifics. Not even the Bears. In general, philosophically, and all the years you've been covering high school, college, the NFL, when you have a young quarterback in the NFL. What's the most important thing to do to try to protect him, advance him, nurture him? You know, the offensive line, the wide receivers, uh, running backs, uh, in general, before we uh, zero in, Dan. Well, I, I tell you, a good defense. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. That's what Fred just <laughs> said. <laughs> that, that's what uh, I'd like to have. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because um, when you do make mistakes, uh, you got somebody that can close the door for you. But, uh, sure. And I, I, I don't know if some uh, Bear fans probably wouldn't object to having some defenders. But I think when you're picking at eight, uh, you want to get the best player available uh and you know i mean you could make legitimate arguments for you know an offensive lineman but personally the only one that i think is worth a top 10 pick is quentin nelson you know he's a guard out of notre dame uh those those tackles kind of scare me i mean all of them are are inconsistent on edge speed and things i mean obviously they're going to be coached up and all that stuff, but um, picking up that high, um, you know, you want to make sure you got a starter walk, you know, the minute he gets drafted, he walks into Hallis Hall, this guy is going to start. So uh, I think that, um, you know, the end, I know it it sounds crazy, but it's still early. There's a lot of evaluation, especially Mm -hmm. with about 120 juniors coming out. And I know they say there was like 106, but then they have another 17. That graduated, another six that didn't need special mention. So, you know, those guys have all got to be evaluated. But anyway, for the mm. Bears and to protect Trubisky, I mean, I could understand and I could make an argument, you know, for a tackle, but not at eight. Uh, and I don't really think there's a receiver, uh, at least at this point, that I would say, hey, at eight, let's go ahead and grab this big time. Uh, you know, um, uh, feature uh, receiver. So yeah. I think that, um, you know, you got to look for your best guy. You mentioned uh, Nelson, and I heard someone earlier this week on our station, one of the quote experts, compare him to Steve Hutchinson. If he's going to be Steve Hutchinson, I think you take a guy that was a 12 year Pro Bowler, don't you? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't know. I, he's a little bigger than Steve, uh, actually. And uh, but yeah, I could see where somebody would draw that because I actually uh, evaluated Steve when in, into uh, uh, Michigan and everything when he came out. And you remember that year they had uh, the, actually three other linemen. I think that went. We got drafted. So, but anyway, uh, Nelson is. Yeah, hey, if, if he's a guy that you want, he'll be the top guy. Like I said, it's not a tackle, not a left tackle. But right. He is a great offensive lineman. You take him. 
I know you're doing a million things. It's your busy season now through the uh, draft. Not that you're not uh, busy 12 months here at OurLads.com. But uh, I don't know if you caught the note. Uh, the Bears have been signing. Uh, the new regime has been signing their offensive coordinator. To, they got Vic Fangio back as their defensive coordinator. They signed a guy that's been around for a long time. I'm sure you bumped into him either in the college ranks or the pros. Harry Heastan, the offensive line coach, recently at Notre Dame, now for the second tour of duty back with the Bears, Dan. I like that feel that he was at Notre Dame, and he's watching Quentin Nelson, and he's watching the uh, tackle, maybe if he fell to the second round, they say he won't. Micah McGlinchey, however you pronounce it. How important is that? And do you think that might have been, you know, one of the reasons the Bears said, hey, we get a double bubble here. Not only Harry, he stand a, a terrific uh, O-line coach, but he's got firsthand information on the, uh, the Notre Dame line guys. Right. Uh, I, there's no question about it. Harry's an outstanding, um, you know, and even if you could raise the bar higher than that, offensive line coach. And uh, you're right. Hey, he, he worked those two on the left side of the line for the last four years or so, so he knows those guys inside out. Now, mm-hmm. um, I got to believe uh, that he'd take the guard. You know, McClinchy, like I said, I, I, I worry about his, the speed and double move guys against him, And uh, but he does have the length. He does have the, the – because when you're looking at those tackles, you got to have length, you got to have long arms, and you got to be a tough guy, and you got to work the finish now. You don't have to tell that to Quentin Nelson on the inside because I think, you know, he's a uh, a, a serial uh, a defensive hammer. You know, I mean, he just goes after those guys and finishes them off huh. like with a sledgehammer. You know, so um, but I mean, he would be my pick, and I didn't coach him, and Harry knows him a hundred times better than I do. But my film evaluations, mm. you know, I I think he would lean to the power guard there that can do it all, and, and that you know. Those guys are guards. He can't necessarily kick him out to tackle because it's a whole different thing. You'd want him at guard, and I tell you what, if you draft him, he's probably going to be a Pro Bowl guard uh, sooner than later. You know, if you mentioned best player available, and we'll hear that like a million and one times up until the draft coming in April. But who determines who the best player available is if it's a tight end or a, i mean not a tight end a tackle or a running back in saquon barkley or a receiver in ridley or a defensive back uh in denzel ward I, how do we know which is the best available well, at they, that time they subscribe to our lands <laughs> right, right they look at our stacks no, I, no you you stack your board okay and uh you put your top what teams generally do you know in your scouting meetings and then you have your coaches come in and you stack these guys and then you just work off your stack. And then if, as you're, you may have, uh, most teams go with about 150 players and they can get their draft out of that 150 players. So as they start coming off the board, you're peeling those, uh, labels off. Uh, and then the guy that's there, Hopefully, it would match up with a major need and the top prospect. But, hey, last year, I mean, you could see uh, Jonathan Allen. He slid to 17. I mean, I was in shock, and I had to go to the emergency room to get IVs on that one. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. This guy was a great football player and lasted all the way, you know, to the Redskins at 17. So, you just don't know what happens um, during the draft because everybody wanted to get a quarterback last year. 
and that happens every year, and quarterbacks are overdrafted. So, um, but that's how you get your uh, that the team determines Ryan Pace and his scouting staff determines who the top player is for them. Hey Dan, uh, sort of an off the wall question. Maybe it doesn't make any sense. Maybe it does. I'm looking at some of the uh, different mocks out there. Just for instance, here's CBS Sports mock draft. All right. And their first, second, third, fourth, and fifth picks are all positions, interestingly, that the Bears drafted high in the last year or two. In other words, in their top five, this one independent CBS Sports, whatever, they've got in the top five three quarterbacks. The Bears are okay there. Number three, they've got a you know running back. Uh, the Bears are okay there. And uh, number four, they've got a free safety. Eddie Jackson last year looks like he's going to be hopefully there for a long time. So one, two, three, four, five, the Bears pick eight. Using that logic, could you say that the Bears actually have the third pick? In other words, if the first five picks all go to positions that the Bears don't even need, quarterback, running back, free safety, a guy like you analyzes this stuff for all, all your career, uh, could a Bears fan say, well, you know what, we're sitting pretty, even though we're number number eight, we're we're really, you know, uh, six, seven. We're really number three, right? No, I, I, I that's a good logic, Murph. I tell you, because um, then you know you're looking looking at that spot there, and the Bears, like I said, arguably, if you're going to take, and, and at that point, you know, Nelson could very well be their top guy, you know, mm-hmm. because all those other ones start disappearing, and um, you know, Nelson's sitting there, and like you said, they. Uh, the Bears are set those other positions, and there's not going to be a receiver, uh, you know, up there, uh, uh, up in that group in the top ten, uh, at least at this point, in our opinion. And uh, but hey, you could go ahead then if you, you know, if you can take a Pro Bowl starter with your pick at eight, uh, what are you going to do? You going to pass him by? You know what I mean? Hey, you, if he, he's probably going to be one of your top guys. Hey, you got his coach. You know, Quentin Nelson looks pretty good to me. You know, you mentioned uh, defensive guys, and we talked about that right off the top. Some, A couple of mocks have Denzel Ward, the kid out of Ohio State, the cornerback. But a lot of the mocks also have, right after the Bears pick or soon after the Bears pick, uh, they have the linebacker Roquan Smith going from Georgia. I don't know. Every time I see this guy, he's exactly where the ball is, and he's making big plays. And from the Bears' perspective, do they need? Do you think that an inside linebacker is more important than a cornerback to them? Well, you no, know, I, I tell you, you always the cornerback is always more okay. valuable, and I don't know. If Minka Fitzpatrick may be gone, but I mean, he's the guy the Bears would want if he happens to fall to eight, because I mean, he's a big time. I mean, he he, he can play any position in the secondary, hmm. and uh, whether you want to put him in the slot as a corner, or I put him at a, a free safety, you put him up on the line of scrimmage as a strong safety guy, you wow. lock him into a tight end. I mean, he's the guy the Bears want. Okay, hmm. if he goes to eight. So, um, but uh, but again, uh, I, I think that um, you see how that draft goes. And uh, but but uh, and, and and my guess is Mink is not going to be there. Right. Hey Dan, and we know you're busy. We'll let you uh, spring. What's coming up? Uh, how do the fans uh, hook in with our lads? Uh, what do you guys got going? We know, but tell us. Well, I tell you the. Uh, uh, our 
stacks that have come out and things uh, in January here after these guys declared uh, this group. We were sorting through all of them before we started heading out here to the All-Star Games. We got our newsletter that's coming out uh, here in the next, uh, well, I guess it's in the mail now. The subscribers already got it. So uh, that that uh, is, is in the mail. And then uh, we'll have the uh, our major newsletters coming up with the East-West All-Star Game, uh, evaluating all those guys in there. And then the Senior Bowl, and, that, and then there's we do a separate uh, newsletter for each of those games. So uh, uh, those will be coming up. And, and then, of course, uh, then we ham- got to hammer away on some of these um, underclassmen that came out. But, you know, we probably have got – over half of them that we projected to come out, but then you have a, another group of guys that, you know, you got to go back and get in on them and see how they fit in your stack. So, yeah, we'll be hammering away on those underclassmen and then uh, looking forward to that combine because the big thing is, guys, you know, you can love a guy, you can study him on film, and you can do all that stuff, but, you know, I, hate, I always hate to say this, but you got to see what the verified information is. Because if a guy can't run, he can't be a receiver. If a guy is not big and strong enough, he can't be in the line. So now we wait for the combine. All right. East-West Shrine game for Dan Shonka today. Took a minute of his busy timeout for all the Bears fans listening right now. We'll spring you loose, Dan. Hopefully get a chance to visit with you on another Saturday coming up before the draft for sure. Always great to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. You bet you guys. You bet. Thank you, okay. guys. Great being with you. So long. Go Bears. There you go, Dan Shonka. Gotta love it. Yeah, you can go to ourlads.com. They get all their stuff, how to subscribe to their yeah. stuff, and they can get a lot of other stuff just on their site. Depth charts, they do a great job with the depth charts and all that stuff. And their publication comes out right about three weeks before the draft, and that's one you want to have when it leads up to the draft day because it, they they really break it down so well. Um, when it comes to the mail, you just sit there and you look at it for hours and hours and hours. It's wonderful stuff. Last chance vote right now, our 9.30 Twitter poll. Want to get your results on board right now. Which uh, was the Bears' most important hire, A or B, Mark Helfrich, the offensive coordinator, or B, Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator, both signed last week in about uh, oh, 45 minutes. It'll be Kendall Gill said he'd give us a call from uh, NBC Chicago. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Thank you, Fred. Yeah. I knew I'd get it wrong one time, every time. <laughs> Talking some bulls. Lots more between now and noon. Stick around. Back in a flash. Three three two three seven seven six. Any of our earlier topics or vote now. At ESPN 1000. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Till noon. Lots to cover. Busy day. Glad you are with us. Dan Shanka. A few minutes ago. I don't know. I like the sound of that uh, offensive lineman, Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. Well, here's the question, though. If both Nelson yeah. and McGlinchey are there yeah. and the Bears don't take, take either one, don't you think that maybe there's something that Harry Heastan would know? Sure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if they don't take either one, then it, then it leads other people to think, well, hold it. The, ah. Their coach didn't take one of the two guys. And he, he had him for four years, both of them. He had him for Notre years, Dame. yeah. So maybe one of them will drop. You never know. Drop I mean, to I the Bears in the second round. Yeah, I don't know if they would drop that far because there yeah. are a lot of picks. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that's something to keep an eye on, too. And, 
Uh, you know, I understand it's not, you know, people look at the offensive linemen and they think of Gabe Karimi. No. I mean, think about it. When you got when they drafted him, you figured, okay, we're set at that line position. You can't miss, obviously, ever on a first-round pick. Uh-uh. But then you start remembering. Yeah. You know, wide receivers from the first round. Offensive linemen of uh, top picks that over the years just broke your heart. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's terrible. But that's any position, you know. Yeah, it is. just seems like the white. I don't want any part of the white. Uh, what was it? Mel Kuyper had the Bears uh, taking a wide out. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. From Alabama. From Alabama, that's right. And but and it's funny, too, because we talk about alignment and things. Yeah. And Bill Polian apparently said, you take difference makers in the top ten, not a guard. Well, I know. So if it's, we had more time, excuse me, with Dan, I was going to say that, you know, for years, maybe for the history of football, you never take a guard, right? Uh, you know, in the first round. I understand that. Maybe the NFL's changed. I don't think. I remember. Was it? Uh, was it uh, Trestman? I almost forgot his name. Uh huh. And there's no harm in that. No, not at all. I, Trestman had a theory that you wanted you wanted your three strongest linemen in the middle, center, right. and the two guards. Sure. To protect the quarterback more than from the edge. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, see how that worked? Uh, I don't know, I know. And there are a lot of people that think that uh, Charles Leno is going to move to right side and they're going to look for another left tackle. I'd be yeah. fine if Bobby Massey wasn't around anymore. And then the other, you've got all kinds of questions. What are they going to do with the two quarterbacks? Uh, Amukamara and yeah. Fuller. They're both up. They're, I mean, they have to go out and re-sign both of them if they want them. Thank goodness free agency is before the draft, so we'll see how that works out. In other words, it's nice to have a couple corners. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it would be real nice to have a couple corners. Hey, guys, something interesting <laughs> about the 2017 shot. NFL draft. I'm uh-huh. looking at the first 14 picks to piggyback on what you're talking about. Yeah. Out of the first 14 picks, there were three quarterbacks taken, three wide receivers, and three defensive ends. Those were the positions really? that everybody went after last year. Every year's different, though. Yeah. Every year's different, but a quarterback, defensive end are always premium. All I know is that the number one goal is to make your quarterback better. And the first thing Dan Shaw could say, well, then get someone good on defense. Fred, first thing is get someone on defense. Yeah. I think your tongue was in cheek for a moment, but then he agreed with you. Yeah. And, and look, at, look at some of the running back. I mean, the top running back was Leonard Fournette. He's playing tomorrow. Okay, the defensive mm-hmm. backs were Cleveland and San Francisco, yeah. and you know they're they're not doing much. But then you also had Philadelphia, Derek Barnett, and I'm not sure how much he played uh, this year. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, people are going to be grabbing quarterbacks too. And like like Sean said, you could you, you could draft three quarterbacks early, and then the Bears have the eighth pick. There should be a lot left for them when they well, draft right. eight. Like the CBS mock, quarterback number one. Uh, they had Donaldson, uh, whatever his name is. Sam Darnold. Darnold, th- yeah. sorry. They had quarterback Josh Rosen, number two. Uh, the running back, uh, Barkley, Saquon number, Barkley number three. three. They had the free safety of Fitzpatrick uh, from that's Alabama. The guy, that's the guy that uh, number four. Shaka was saying everybody loves. And they had a quarterback, uh, Mayfield, uh, going to Denver from Oakland, uh, or, or Oklahoma, number five. So the Bears, you can say, got the third pick because they're not going to take... Any of those positions, well, yeah, but, a quarterback, a running back, or a free safety. So there, there could be four. I forgot about Baker Mayfield. If someone thinks Baker Mayfield's one of the top three, yeah. uh, three quarter, yeah. quarterbacks, maybe he goes and Josh Allen. So That's that could great. be four. So the you Bears, could have four quarterbacks go in the first, you know, first be, before the Bears pick eighth. Maybe the Bears are now drafting second. Yeah. be interesting to then see you what know, happens. Now you can trade down a little bit, maybe. Yeah. 
get a little bit lower in the first and someone's third. Maybe, you know, if all the linemen are still there, if that's what you want. I know we're late, Sean. Sorry, buddy. Hey, back in the flash, Murph and Fred. Busy, busy 10 o'clock hour. Got some baseball talk. We have uh, Kendall Gill at 1030. Stick around. Back in a flash, ESPN 1000. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Number two, Murph and Fred. Let's get rolling. Glad you're with us. Busy Saturday. Sun is out. Hey, we didn't get the results of our 930 Twitter poll. Let's bring in Big Sean. Fred, uh, the question uh, was, I guess still is, which was the Bears' most important hire, A or B, offensive coordinator, Mark Helfrich, or B, D.C., defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. You were flipping a coin in your head about a half yeah. hour ago. Did I you? originally said Helfrich. There was thinking <laughs> Helfrich, but I'm going with Fangio. All right. Boy, this is tough. I, I'm going to almost have to say it's a 50-50. I'll bet the results are close. But with the got to make the quarterback better, got to get our young quarterback improving and nurturing and growing. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I'm, I'm so happy Fangio's back, but I'm going to go offensive coordinator. Might have been a hair more important than the great Vic Fangio. No discredit to either guy. What the fans say there, Big Sean? In a landslide. Ooh, a landslide. Vic Fangio. 85% of the voters say Vic Fangio. Right, no yeah. problem. I got no problem. Yeah, see, the, the one reason I think that Fangio is more important is because Matt Nagy's calling the plays. If Matt Nagy was not calling the plays mm-hmm. and the offensive coordinator was calling the plays, yeah. then I think maybe he would have been a little more important. And I'm not yeah. saying he's not important, yeah. but I mean, when you're comparing those two, okay. uh, you know that, and I think that's a good thing for Fangio, too, because he knows that uh, there's no defensive-minded guy yeah. ahead of him. He's he's the top guy. Big cheese, numero uno, number one. Hey, Bulls fans, stick around. Kendall Gill does a great job pre and post with uh, Will Purdue. Mark Janowski will phone in. He said, I'll give you guys a call in the middle there of the uh, 10 o'clock hour. So we're expecting uh, to get back on the Bulls beat. Uh, vote right now. Here's our uh, up-to-the-minute new Twitter poll. To watch Cubs games, you know, TV or your device or however you do it, to watch Cubs games, you would pay how much per year? $100, $250, $500 per year, or D, more than $500 per year. Crane Kenny started to talk again a little bit about the uh, Cubs uh, network of the future. The current agreement... Uh, as we uh, uh, know, has two more years to run. So after 2019 is when they expect the gravy train, a money machine, uh-huh. to really start flowing. So vote right now at ESPN 1000. I don't know how many people watch Cubs games on their phone. I know that a lot of people watch other things on their phone. Sylvie probably does. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think Sylvie's watching it on his big screen. I don't think he's watching it on his phone. Well, but yeah, I, think, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I think a lot of people watch Cubs games. You want to see a Cub game on a TV. Well, yeah. You know, I, and, and I don't know that they watch them on their phones. I know that a lot of people watch, you know, uh, Netflix and you know, Yahoo videos and Amazon and TV shows on their phone. But I don't know that people watch a lot of sports on their phones. Maybe... Maybe um, you know the millennials can correct me on that. Uh, hmm. You can always get to me at uh, Fred underscore Hubner. Uh, 
Big Bad Sean, do you ever watch, uh, say, base Cubs or Sox, for instance, on your phone? Very rarely. Okay. Sometimes. But if you watch those, you want to see them on a TV, right? Absolutely. Okay. That's Uh, why you buy the big screen, right? Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. You want to make sure. Now, obviously, you know, if you're, I guess, if you're on the subway or something like that, and you got a nice phone and you can sit and watch them and... Uh, I know I've seen people watch stuff on the on the subway, but usually it's it's not sports they're watching. It's usually a TV show. It's usually and even the commercials. Yeah. they're they're sitting down and they're watching an episode of you know something on Netflix or something. So speaking of honest, I ever tell you this is about ten fifteen years ago. I'm standing in front of uh, on Michigan Avenue over by the river near Tribune Tower, and uh, somehow you can tell they're uh, tourists, you know, and they're walking by, they're taking pictures and everything. And the one says to me, uh, <laughs> can you tell me where the nearest subway is? I go, oh, yeah. You go about a block and a half that way to State Street, uh, two blocks. You got the red line there, and uh, you're going north or south. Goes, no, we want a sandwich. Yeah. Where's the nearest subway? I go, And where you were standing, you know, there's one. There's one. <laughs> I want to say there's one about 100 yards from there. All right. <laughs> Just north, right. past the Tribune Tower, yeah. make a left. All yeah. right. I'm saying two blocks over, three blocks left. Are you yeah. going north or south? They said, what the heck is this yeah. guy talking about? So, speaking of uh, paying for your uh, baseball and your and your Cubs, my cable bill came. All right. Okay. Every month you look at it. It's automatically, you know, out of the checking account, whatever. And doesn't matter really, I guess, who the carrier is or the provider in that because I have a feeling this is universal, but I'm looking at my bill and normally it's the same every month until at the end of the year where they, you know, two years, and then all of a sudden, no, they jack you and you forgot that you had a two-year deal. You know how that goes. Right. But I'm in the middle of that thing. I wasn't expecting, you know, anything out of the ordinary. Silly me. Silly me. So I noticed that my bill was a... Uh, a dollar seventy-five more than it had been twelve months in a row previous. Okay, this is my new January twenty eighteen bill. I'm going dollar seventy-five. All right, let's just. I had a few minutes, so I made the mistake of trying to plow through the bill. You know, I'm figuring it's going to be so. Some tax went up thirty-eight cents. Another fee went up forty-two cents. You know, added up to somehow an extra dollar seventy-five. So I get last month's bill out, and then this month, and I'm looking at them, and I lay them out on the table there. And so first I find, you know, you got all these, what do they call them, line items or whatever. Right. Okay, FCC fee, $0.08. Cents. Who the heck are they? Right. Yeah. Okay, that was the same. Eight, $0.08 cents FCC. Uh-huh. All right, line item, line item, uh, franchise fee. Okay. What the hell is that? Franchise fee. $5.82 a month, same as it had been. Do you have any idea what that even means? Nope. No. It's not right what they do, but they do it. Okay. I mean, throwing his stuff. You don't even know what it is. All right. HD fee. I understand what that is. Oh, well, $9.95, same as last But why is there a fee for that? Because they have not to not just going to give it away, because they, they can provide you with HD television. Cost them more? Probably cost them nothing. Right. They've got the pot capabilities. Right. But if they if you want what they've got, right. you gotta pay for it. All right. That's basically the way of the world. H D fee, that hadn't changed. Uh-huh. All right. And I'm, now I'm getting curious. Now, the taxes looked about the same. Then I get to this one. Line item buried in everything. Regional sports fee. Uh-huh. Oh, regional regional sports fee. 
it had been $5 every okay. month in uh, 2017. And don't get me wrong, it's well worth it. This is not like, you know, I'm poor mouthing. I'm just curious how this all works. So regional sports fee, $6.75 for the month. And I look back to the last 12 months, it was $5. So I'm thinking, number one, if you raised your rates at Fred's hot dog stand. Right. And your hot dog went from, you know, or double cheese, whatever. From $5 and then the next day it was six seventy-five. By the way. Back of the uh, envelope uh, with a pencil math. That's a 35% increase. Uh-huh. Can you imagine any industry, business, the lemonade stand on the corner to buying a new car? Same car as last year is up 35%. You'd be out of business. Your, ins- your car insurance, your home fire ins- goes up 35%. Cancel. Let's shop around. So I'm thinking, well, regional sports fee went up. The- what is that? Well, you know what that's got to be, Fred? What? It's got to be, we used to call it Comcast Sportsnet. Right. Now it's called NBC Sports Chicago. NBC Sports Chicago. Well, what that really is, it's the Cubs and the Sox and the Bulls and the Blackhawks, right? Uh Uh-huh. And again, still to me, it's still sort of a bargain. But they decide, okay, we're going to jack it up 35%. Now, I believe that this wouldn't just be my carrier, my cable company. I, I believe that this is given to the cable company by the owner of uh, the the, the uh, of well, it's Reinsdorf owns the Sox own 20% of your Comcast Sportsnet NBC Chicago. 20%. The Bulls own 20%, the Sox own 20%, the Cubs own 20%, Blackhawks own 20%. That's 80. And it used to be that uh, Comcast owned the other 20%. Now, again, I'll reiterate for the final time, NBC. All right? Well, Comcast was always a division of NBC. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, that's why. Okay. They just changed the name. Infinity, whatever Uh they call it. So, I'm thinking about this. I go, I wonder how much this has been going up. So, Fred, I gave you... Turn to yep. well, turn to page two there of the of the bills I stapled together for uh-huh. you. Uh, you got this one here, the line items. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is everybody. I'm assuming everybody in Greater Chicago Land. If your package, if you're you know you selected the package, and you get you know Oprah Winfrey Network, and you get the Discovery Channel, and you get everything, and you get your Cub socks. It's called the Regional sports fee. So, 14 months ago, all right? right. The new one is $6.75 a month that you're paying to watch your sports, which is $81 a year. By the way, vote right now. How much would you pay to watch Cubs games? Vote at ESPN 1000. $100 a year, $250 a year, $500 a year. Oh, no, man. I would pay over $500 a year to watch my Cubs. All right? So they raised it for 35% this month from last month, okay. right? From from $60 a year to $81 a year. Do you have it there? Here's the copy of the bill from the November, December of 2016. Right. 14 months ago, what was it? It was uh, $3. $3? Yeah. 
in 13 months, 13 months, they have raised your monthly fee to watch your four favorite sports teams from $3 a month to six seventy-five. I'm talking about the principal. I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about the principal. These guys, it's what you call a 120% increase yep. in 13 months. Now, why do they do it? As you just said. They can. They can. Yeah. All right. Now, my next question. Mine's only, I got direct TV. Mine was, mine's 583, and it's been that way for more than a year and a half. Well, just wait. Yeah, well, see, we'll see. I, I had the, I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I figured that it was the, for the sports teams that negotiate this and say, here's our new rate. Here's our new rate. Here's our new rate. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure who it is. Now, Here's the other interesting. Well, we know in the Dodgers case, the Dodgers got a big contract from Time Warner. And then Time Warner found out they couldn't sell the packages at the price they expected. And they're taking a big big old bath. Uh-huh. Now, the lady that lives next door to me, she's 93 years old, wonderful okay. woman. And I know she has cable because I've been over to help her with some things in the house. Seems like she's got the package because she's always got, you know, she's got Discovery and she's got, the, you know, all the different channels are, are going there. You know, she gets the same bill. Okay. Here's what. Here's where it really gets interesting. You don't. You don't get this bill because you watch. You don't get the uh, six dollar and seventy five cent regional sports fee because you opted for it or you watch it. If you're on the package or the tier. That you select. The lady next door to me has never watched a sports event in her life. Right. She doesn't know the football from the basketball, all right? Uh-huh. The old, she doesn't know if the football's pumped up with air or f- stuffed with feathers. Well, it depends if New England's got it or not. <laughs> and now with his hand, they're going to have to deflate it even more, right? Yep. His finger? Yep. And it's going to be cold, maybe? That would, uh, it I is guess, gonna, definitely going to be cold. Well, or is it? Yeah. They might be getting this stuff, though, the warm yeah. weather. Not by tomorrow. So, Rosemary, wonderful she woman. just passed away. <laughs> Rosemary from the Dick Van Dyke Rosemary Show. next door to me, the oh, wonderful okay. a 93-year-old uh, woman. She's paying six seventy-five every month, $81 a year, that goes to Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf, 20%, 20%, Ricketts, and Rocky. I, and I guarantee you she doesn't even know it because they yeah. don't show you his... Well, what's what's on your bill? Yeah, all the other channels. What's probably happening? Happening? Yeah. I mean, it's a long round way, but oh. you know, NBC Sports Chicago charges the cable company something, and the cable company charges you to make up for that money that they charge you. Oh, sure. Right. That's how. That's how you would think most of it. So works. why did it go up one hundred twenty percent in thirteen months? I don't know, but you know what? The, uh, Rosemary. Months. Rosemary should call the cable company and say, "Listen, I don't watch sports. I want this taken off my bill." You can't. Have you? Have you, have you tried? No, but okay. it's, it's that a la carte. It's that tier. It's yeah. not uh, pick and choose a la carte. Well, that, if it's a la carte then, and it's got separately billed, you should be able to take it but off. This, weird. Yes, you would think. You ever try to argue with some of these companies on the yeah, phone? I have. Yeah, you want to have about three <laughs> shots of Jaeger first. <laughs> yeah, or maybe. Or after. Or both. Yeah. 
during. But you're right. But they don't list how much I'm paying for the uh, own right. Oprah Winfrey Network. Yeah, that's all. See, that's all part of the package. That part I understand. Yeah, that is all part of the package. But when you get into sports, that's all different. That's why you should be able to say, "Listen, cancel the sports, or I'm going to pay you six seventy five less every month." Yeah, see how that works. Well, you think you can't? Maybe you can. Let, let Rosemary try. You won't have to worry about. <laughs> then about she'll it. call me. My table's out. <laughs> well, yeah, because you didn't pay the whole bill. All of a sudden, she but became you a told, You told me Fred said I didn't have to. All of a sudden, she became a big Bulls fan. So, so who's who's deciding these uh, these rates? Now, we know this. The Cubs, and I assume other teams like the Sox coming around eventually. The Cubs package, current contract with Channel 9 and uh, NBC expires after 2019. They're trying to figure out, they being Crane Kenny, how much can we milk this for, and do we want to run our own network? You've heard Uh all that talk. Oh, sure. I'll tell you right now, the number one thing I've learned is since the Tribune bought, bought the Cubs, risk aversion. It's in the executive bathrooms of these big corporations, right there above the urinals. Or, for the lady executives, not above the urinals. And there's a big sign. Risk aversion. In other words, let some other sucker carry the worries of making the money. Sure. There's no way the Cubs, in my opinion, are going to say, you know, we're going to run our own network. We're going to buy the cameras. We're going to hire the sales staff. Get all the equipment. No. But what they can do is bring in a outfit like Root, R-O-O-T, that uh-huh. does this around the country for other teams, like the Pirates, whatever. But they have to figure out, Crane Kenny, are we better off going 20% of all this money, along with the White Sox get 20, the Black Hawks get 20, White Sox, uh, Bulls get, they get 20, uh, and then NBC gets 20. Right. Do you think that Tom Ricketts enjoys sharing... The pie equally with Jerry Reinsdorf's 20% the White Sox kit? Probably not. No. Probably John McDonough doesn't like sharing what the Hawks' uh, viewership is either with the White Sox. With the White Sox? Yeah. So Jerry... Actually, Rocky words. Jerry could be sitting in a catbird seat. Sure. And I don't think a guy like Ricketts likes that because there's no love lost between the two teams. I don't know. Personally, maybe they get along well. Who knows? So how far do you think a guy like Crane Kenny, who's about, you know in charge of this whole deal, how far do you think he thinks he can push the envelope money-wise? That leads to our question. Da- there you go. Uh-huh. We came all the way full circle. If it's $250 a year and he's got 100,000 Cub fans subscribe, that's $25 million. But if it's five hundred dollars a year and a hundred thousand fans, that's fifty million. But let's say there's not just a hundred thousand Cub fans. Let's say there's a million. Okay. Let's say, yeah, I'll pay two hundred fifty dollars a year. That's two hundred fifty million dollars. Yes, it is. That's real money. Uh huh. But. How many fans will bite that off? $250 a month, a year, $500 a year. 
the $100, maybe it's not worth it then to do it. Maybe it's better to stick in what you got now going. Yeah. You don't have to have any of the headaches. Let's bring in big Sean Davis. Let's find out. I want to find out what the fans have been saying here. Voting. Big Sean. Big Sean. Hey there, Big Bad Sean. All right, Sean. We're getting some responses on the the, uh, 10 o'clock to watch the Cubs games. How much would you pay? 100 a year? 250 a year? I think that's the number that Crane Kenny's looking at. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's what I hear. $500 a year or more. What came in last place? Fans are saying, Sean, no, 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 no. I know how we guess how we uh, are with our pocketbook. I have a good idea what came last. Well, no, wait a minute. Hold hold on there, uh, Sean. Jump in, but hold on. Can you do both at once, Sean? I'll try. Jump in. It's like double dutch, right? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Well, hold back the results, but jump in. Murph and I are swinging the rope. Fred's saying, well, now. Jump, jump, jump. Okay, tomorrow, uh, next Saturday. We're not on tomorrow. You are. Yes, I am. White Sox fans, how much would you pay to watch the White Sox per year? $10, $100, $1,000? All right. Would you have a different vote for that than you would for this particular question? Of no, course. probably not. No. Not much. So there's a limit, Fred, you would pay. You would, of course, uh, there's everyone. Then again, I pay $180 a year for MLB Network or baseball when I watch as many games yeah. as I can. I did that for about eight years. Yeah. And then I got tired of uh, paying it. I wasn't watching. Then Vince Scully uh, no, retired no. and you said, so forget it. It was 189 a year. Yeah. And you get to watch, you know, Dodgers. Every at, night there's like 12 at, games. At midnight. Right. Fine. So finally, I said, you know what? I don't watch it that much. So I didn't uh, renew it. I'm built for it. And there it is again in April. It's automatic renewal. You got to cancel early. Well, I didn't. Yeah. So you should see that phone call trying to unravel my first month. I'm not watching it. I don't want it. I didn't. Re- it automatically renews, uh, Mr. Murphy. Yeah. I go, I don't care. Finally, I got like 150 off of the 189. No, this was a good one. Uh, on the, uh, the phone, uh, whatever you call it, person. Yeah. So, okay, we'll give you the $150 off, Mr. Murphy. My bill comes. They only gave me 100 off. So then I call back, and I finally get my up, up to the supervisor. Supervisor, they told me 150, and they never sent. You know, they never send you a confirm email of what you transpired. Uh-huh. You never hit the. We agree to give the 150 back. And I said, I. She told me that we're 150, and they only gave me 100. And he goes, Oh, the person you were talking to was not authorized to go over 100. Well, then why did she say 150? Right. Well, I don't know, Mr. Murphy, but they can't go over 100. I know why she said 150. Get off, but, get but you off the phone. Of course, I know that. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. Uh-huh. But why are they allowed to say that? Yeah. Then they, they laugh and go, oh, no, they couldn't do that. They're not allowed to authorize. Yeah. Because I'm still considering change, uh, canceling uh, the baseball package for this year. Well, but then when I look at it. Don't wait till the middle of April. But I look at it, it's $180, some, $180 a month. Right. And as for six months, I'm saying to myself, really? For a dollar no, a day, I'm going to cancel? That's 180 a year. Now, a year. You said a, year. a month, right? Yeah. yeah. 180 a year. for right. 180 for the season. Correct. So basically for six months, seven yeah. months of baseball, I'm paying a dollar a day. Okay. So you, you can watch 11 right. games a night for one dollar. Hey, Big Ben. pretty good. Sean, how, so uh, your build, how do you get your Cubs, Sox, White Sox, Bulls, and uh, you're getting the same type bill uh, we get, I guess, right? Uh, I'm sure it's pretty much the same. Okay. Watch it. 
They help you. That's the other thing. Couldn't I get a courtesy email? No, they never do that. Where I go, oh, we're raising it from $3 uh, to $5 uh, next month. And then, oh, by the way, we're raising it to six seventy-five. That's only 35% increase, Mr. Murphy. I think Crane Kenny is saying, push it higher, push it higher. We want to find out the uh, line of point of resistance where they, they start complaining. Nice part about radio, you just turn this on, we're there for free. Yeah, we are never a charge. I know, there's no charge at all. Fred doesn't send you a bill for this. We're giving it away. I understand the White Sox and the Bulls might be in the radio. <laughs> uh, okay, the Bulls are in basketball no, it's not hell. A, it's not a secret, it's out there. I, yeah, the Bulls everywhere. are in basketball hell, now they're in radio hell. Yeah, the radio yeah. company wants to get out of broadcasting both the uh, the, the Bulls and the White Sox. Jerry Reinsdorf said, what? Uh-huh. They said, what? <laughs> I know. We got a contract. What are you guys talking about? You can't just say no. You don't want to pay us. It's what a contract's for. Does this segment? What if they had a sanity clause? Does in this that segment ever? Ah, there is no such a thing as a sanity clause. All right, uh, Big Sean, Big Bad Sean. What do we have? He had four percent of the voters saying that they would spend five hundred dollars per year. Oh, Crane Kenny, this just doubled over. In hold pain. on, hold on. You had 4% that said they would pay $500, which means you had more that said they would pay more than 500 right? No, no, no. That yes, was the you had 5% yeah. that, that would oh. say, oh, that I'm, said they would pay over 500 Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you actually had more You oh. had more people say they would pay five, more than 500 to watch. Well, Crane Kenny is now dancing up and down Addison Street. Okay. Well, you know what? All I need is those 10% yeah. those out there to, to pay $500. All right, continue, please. Sean. Yes, and then you had sixteen percent at two fifty per year, and then and first seventy seventy five percent said one hundred percent per year, and a lot of action also in the Twitter poll saying they wouldn't spend anything what? extra <laughs> other than the bill they already paid. Now we always have to factor in the uh, White Sox uh, counter uh, terrorist uh, vote. Okay, so what was the what was the uh, the leading one was they'd pay a hundred dollars a year. Now how, how many, What was that percentage? Seventy five percent. So twenty five percent would pay two fifty or more. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. Well, that's all Crane needs. Yeah. That's all Crane Kenny needs. How long is this segment right now? <laughs> Where's the next commercial? I don't know that I would go to two fifty. Two hundred maybe. Uh, for for White Sox baseball for the whole year. Let me tell you, they're looking at around two fifty to five hundred, and that's what you'll be paying, or you don't get to watch your Cubbies. I know we're late. Kendall Gill next. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Stick around here till noon. We are ESPN. That six something a, a month doesn't sound so bad now, does it? <laughs> One thousand. <laughs> Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner back together on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN app. Yes, indeed, Murph and Fred, every Saturday, 9 till noon. I, t- I fall more in love with these guys every uh, Bulls game. And the great thing that NBC uh, Sports Chicago is doing now, even if the Bulls game is not on uh, NBC Sports Right, Chicago. if it's on uh, Channel 9 or if it's on National Game, national game yeah. you still get your pregame and postgame. Just 
tune over uh, to the regular channel that uh, when the Bulls are not on that channel, and you can watch the guys. Yep. Mark Chanowski does a great job. Love Will Purdue, and I've just fallen in love also with Kendall Gill. Just fun to watch. Hey, Kendall, Mike Murphy here along with Fred Hubner. Thanks for picking up the phone and giving us a call. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How you guys doing? We're doing great. We're doing fine, man. I feel right. I feel like a fly in a line eye right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means you can jump over the backboard, man. <laughs> well, yeah, the backboard's <laughs> flat on the ground in my driveway. <laughs> Fancy and Kendall Gill with uh, Kenny Battle and uh, uh, Stephen Bardo and then Nick Anderson, uh, Lowell Hamilton, all the guys. Uh, still one of the great, great highlights in U of I basketball history. It's much better talking about then than now. I'll leave yes. it at that. Oh, Kenny. last night was not pretty. No, <laughs> I'll leave that one yeah, at that. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, we're going we're going through some tough times, but you know, we they give us some time, and we'll, you know, we'll see see what happens. There's a new program they just signed uh, the kid Io here from Chicago. Sure. So hopefully, that'll open up the pipeline. Cool, cool. Hey, Kendall, before we get to our beloved Bulls, one last thing. I was going through the old uh, notes on the flying Illini. Uh, the Bears the Bears have a new head coach, as uh, you surely know. You're uh, more than just a Bulls guy, I'm sure, as a fan. Matt Nagy, N-A-G-Y. I'm going through some of the flying Illini notes, and under the, uh, the great Lou Henson, I noticed, it's sort of weird, you had a... Uh, couple assistant coaches uh, in the old uh, media guide, Scott, N-A-G-Y, and Dick, uh, N-A-G-Y. Same spelling. We're having all this uh, thing here in Chicago. How do you pronounce Matt, uh, the new coach? It was Nagy, Nagy, Nagy. Just out of curiosity, how did Scott and Dick, uh, if you recall back in those days, pronounce uh, N-A-G-Y? We call him Coach Nagy. Nagy, all right. Oh, that, yeah, so Nagy, yep. That's the that's the final word. I'm no longer are we going to discuss that topic. You just gave us the final word. Uh, all right, <laughs> Kendall Gill. Couple, uh, maybe about four or five games ago, uh, Markinen, uh, Larry Markinen really had one of his great, well, breakout games like he's been doing all year. And in the post-game show, you said, and I jotted it, let me see here. I jotted it down, you looked at the camera, and you said, Will Purdue and I, Will and I, we saw Dirk Nowitzki, we played against him uh, his rookie year, and then you gave it a little dramatic pause, you looked right in the camera, and you go, Markinen is better right now in the rookie year. Uh, give, us a, give us a minute on that, why, why you said that. Well, well, he, he's better than Dirk in terms of he has a higher skill level. Uh, he's about the same height as Dirk, he's seven feet tall, but he can shoot better than Dirk could a, as a rookie. Uh, and he has he's able to put the ball on the floor better than Dirk Nowitzki uh, was as a rookie. Uh, he also defensively has, is better than Dirk has ever been as a rookie. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him play against the New York Knicks, but he gives Christoph Porzingis, who's one of the better players in the league now, mm-hmm. he gives him hell every time he plays against him. And, you know, anytime you have a seven-footer that can move his feet the way that Lowry can, then, you know, that's, that's just a bonus for you. And also, and here's the number one factor, he has uh, nasty nastiness to him, uh, meaning he has, he has an attitude. He's not a nice guy out there. And a lot of guys that come in as their rookie year, they're kind of apprehensive 
but not Laurie Markman. You, you, you watch the way that he dunked that basketball on the New York Knicks uh, about four or five games ago. Uh, that's his personality. You know, he's not afraid of anything or anyone. You know, he may look like a choir boy, uh-huh. but he is anything but that. Yeah, he he's been amazing, uh, and we ex- we knew he could shoot. But you're right. right. Uh, get watching him get to the basket, and watching him play some defense, and watching the moves he can make with the ball. I don't think a lot of the Bulls fans, when they, he was drafted, unless you watched a ton of Arizona ball, you probably didn't know that. And did that that surprise you how good he was doing those things? No, I, I watched a ton of tape on him uh, when he was at Arizona. I watched uh, the NBA Summer League, and then most importantly, I watched when he was over in Europe playing against those guys this past summer. And, you know, he was not afraid to step up and take the last shot. He hit a ton of them over there in Europe. And, you know, when you play basketball, like, like any other professional athlete in, in any other sport, you, you know the guys that, that really have it. And, you know, I knew right from the start that, that this kid had something special. I, you know, if he's, not a, if he's not a perennial all-star throughout his career, I, I, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed because – that's how much faith I have in it. Funny you should say that, Kendall Gill. Let's bring in our executive producer, Big Bad Sean. Sean, uh, every uh, 30 minutes, Kendall, we have a, a quick uh, Twitter poll. All the fans vote at ESPN 1000. Then we have the results. And we do this six times a, a day here on the three-hour show. Let's bring in Big Bad Sean Davis. Sean, read us uh, and the listeners to vote right now. What is our uh, Twitter poll question now, and what are the multiple choice of possible answers? Please go. So right now, we're talking about Laurie Marketing and what is Laurie Marketing's future. The four options were zero All Star games, one All Star game, multiple All Star games, or the NBA Hall of Fame. 77% of the voters say that he's going to have multiple All Stars. 12% say he's going to be NBA Hall of Fame. Or the Hall of Fame in general, right. So, Kendall, say it's all your fault. You've been comparing him. Oh, you've been comparing him to Dirk. So 12% of the fans have voted not zero All-Star games. They didn't vote for one All-Star game in his career. They didn't vote for multiple all 12% because of Kendall Gill. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, listen, anytime you get multiple All-Star games, you're automatically a Hall of Famer. I love it. I love it. You yeah. know, and, 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 that, and that's where I think that Laurie Marketing can eventually be. If he stays healthy mm-hmm. and continues to play the way that he's played and, okay. and improves every year. Uh-huh. Now, the one thing he has to do is improve his post-game. But when he does that, then he's going to be unstoppable. Kendall, this is, is such a hard season to watch because I've got three-quarters of the fans telling me, the Bulls have to lose all the time. And then you see guys out there like Chris Dunn and, you know, Markinen, and now that Zach Levine's back and you want to see the chemistry and everybody says, well, we want them to play well, keep the game close, and then lose the game. How how tough has it been for you and Will and for Mark to watch these games and break them down with, with that kind of feeling uh, amongst the fans? Well, it, it's been tough because we started off the season, I don't know if you guys saw it on the show, uh, our, our producer Justin O'Neill came up with Tank Watch. Uh huh. So, right. But we don't. We can't run Tank Watch anymore. Good. Because, <laughs> because the Bulls are, are winning basketball games. And, and here's the thing, guys. We go into the studio every day now, thinking that they have a chance to win, as opposed to at the beginning of the season where we thought, we thought no way they win this game. You know. And now with Zach Levine back, 
You know, and I know everybody was saying, listen, we need to we need to lose basketball games so we can qualify for one of the top three picks. Well, you know, we might as well throw that out the window now because this team is just too good uh, to lose the way that, that people expect them to lose. And then you, you throw on top of that Nico Meritich's uh, emergence. Uh, he's come back and, and now is finally the player that we all thought that he could be. Bobby Portis coming back and playing great. And then here's, here's the X Factor, guys. David Nwaba, hmm. when he played, this this whole thing started when David Nwaba came back from that ankle injury. Wow! Because he's that he's that guy that you don't see. Uh, he gives you everything that you don't see in the stat sheet. He hustles. He, he plays defense. He gives you a little bit of offense. And I think that he triggered the whole thing actually. Kendall, let's go backwards about 90 seconds. You just said something. You said uh, you and Will Perdue, uh, Mark Janowski, we walk into the studio now before the game you know, expecting that we're going to talk about a win. Relate that to the locker room when you were a player, be it uh, with the flying Illini or, or throughout your NBA career. What's it like? Tell a fan, fans like us that, you know, obviously never uh, did that. When you walk in as a player, sometimes, let's be honest, you think, you know, well, we're probably not going to win it. We hope we win, but, you know, I'm not feeling too good. Or conversely, when you walk in, go, you know what? We're going to win this game yeah. tonight. So you do it in the studio work. Now, what's it like as a player for the Bulls right now, maybe, or when you played? Well, well as, as, as a player for the Bulls right now, because you, you've seen success, because you've uh, everyone has bought into Fred Hoiberg's system, and now Fred has the players uh, to run his system. They have found a formula for winning. So every time they walk into the United Center or wherever they're playing around the country, those guys think that they have a chance to win. I mean, you, you look at it, they they went in, they beat New York, they go in, they beat Milwaukee, they beat Indiana. They beat, they're beating all of the middle-of-the-pack teams that are supposed to be in the playoffs, and that, and that gives you – a ton of confidence now. And then you go to Cleveland the last time. They almost won against Cleveland. Yep. Then the other night, they play against Golden State Warriors, and they hang tough with Golden State. After everybody thought that they were out of the game in the third quarter, they actually come back. And, hey, also, Zach Levine is on the minutes restriction. So they're thinking, listen, what if our best player, Zach Levine, if the minutes restriction is lifted? Then we can we probably could have beaten Golden State. This is the way that they're thinking, guys. And I can tell you that. And here is another thing, another reason why this team is not going to tank. Everybody on this team has something to prove. You look at Nico Miritich, he has something to prove, okay? Because everybody was saying, oh, well, he shouldn't have gotten that, big, that, big, that much money in, in the contract. He has another year, but it's at the Bulls' option. He has something to prove to, to, the, to the organization. Bobby Portis has something to prove. You know, coming off of uh, the altercation he got, with Nico, he's also vying for another contract. You look at Chris Dunn, who, who had a bad year in Minnesota last year under Tom Thibodeau. He had something to prove that he was worth the fifth pick. You look at, um, you look at, uh, let's see, Zach Levine, who comes back off of the knee injury, who wants to prove that I am the centerpiece of this trade. And everybody was saying, hey, we didn't get enough for Jimmy Butler. He wants to prove <laughs> all of those things uh-huh. wrong, okay? So, so you got a whole bunch of guys that, that, that are talented, that, that have found a system that works for them, and that have something to prove. That's why we can forget about the draft pick, because that ain't going to happen. Okay, The best scenario is, in my opinion, the best scenario is for the Bulls to go for broke, 
try to make the playoffs and attract a, a free agent that can really help them out. They, they can look in from the outside and say, hey, listen, I really like what's going on in Chicago. They have a lot of great young talent. They got a nice young coach. They got a system that works. And if I am added to the mix, then I can push them over to the top and become a contender in the Eastern Conference. Paul George, can you hear me? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. Great, great stuff. Kendall, we really appreciate your picking up the phone. Now, I notice okay. uh, the Bulls at 4 o'clock today are on a, a, yep. another a different channel. Will you guys be doing the pre and post like you sometimes do when it's not on uh, NBC Sports Chicago? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We'll be there at 3.30, uh, Mark and I. Yes. Uh, and we'll be giving you the best pre-game coverage in the country. And There's the, no doubt. And the post-game is just terrific also. Hey, thanks again Thank for you. your personal time. We know you're on a short fuse. Go do the... Have a great call before and after. We'll be watching for sure. Maybe we'll catch up with you again late in the season with Murph and Freddie as Penn Chicago. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Kendall. Okay, guys. Thanks, thanks for having Okay, thank you very much. I know we're up against the clock. Back in a flash. Hey, Marie, I got a, a busy 11 o'clock. We're going to cover all sports. Um, our baseball talk. Stick around. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Welcome back, everybody. Beautiful day. You know, it could be a lot worse. I have a funny feeling, Fred. Weather-wise, you mean? <laughs> yeah, weather-wise. Yeah, it could be. Oh, my gosh. Are we lucky right now? Enjoy it. Hope you're out and about and able to say, hey, I I think I smell spring. Well, you think it's cold here, and it has uh-huh. been cold. Last Sunday, after I did my show, I hopped in the car with my wife, Pat, and we drove up to the Wisconsin Dells for two days. Right. The Wisconsin Dells in the second week of January is a ghost town. But sure. my sister-in-law runs a, a resort up there, mm-hmm. so we were able to go up there and get into any place we wanted to go to eat. Nice. And then I had to stop at the Showboat Saloon because right. they're great guys. They got great craft beer list and had a uh, Bell's Brewery uh, Hop Slam before they even became available here in Chicago. They had them up there in Milwaukee. Smart. But it was about 15 degrees colder oh, up yeah. there. But the snow, they got seven or eight inches of snow, but there was a new way of blowing, of, of blowing snow. You see, you've seen snow blowers uh-huh. and you've seen, uh, you know, snow throwers. Yeah. What they use a lot of times with the fluffy snow, they use the leaf blower. Really? You take a leaf blower. I like it. All of it. You clean the driveway, clean the cars. It's it's a great idea. When I spent four years in Carbondale, uh-huh. good old Southern Illinois University, WIDB Radio, it was always about seven degrees warmer, warmer. than Chicago. Sure. Hey, a lot of talk. I have a, a quick little angle. A lot of talk this week about uh, Tom Ricketts and Sammy Sosa and all that. In fact, uh, to set the table, here's Nick Friedel. Uh, with his thoughts, big Cub fans. Stand back. Nick Friedel, he says, what's wrong with Tom Ricketts? Let Sammy show up. Hey, Sammy, this is Tom Ricketts. We'd love for you to come to the Cubs convention and take pictures and sign autographs with our fans. It would be great to have you. Sammy Sosa would be on the first plane out of the Dominican, and he would just come and wave and smile, and everybody wins. What does he have to say? I don't get it. He doesn't want to talk about it. I understand. He doesn't want to go through it. Why is it that the Cubs are on this moral high horse of Sammy has to say something that the the players in that era have to come clean? It's just it's so short-sighted for a team that has hit on so many solid PR moves the last two years. It makes no sense. And as a Cubs fan and as a Sammy fan 
who watched that era. I don't care what he did anymore. I don't need to hear from him. I don't need some brokered truce between Ricketts and Sosa. I want Tom Ricketts as the owner of the Cubs and the representative of the fan base to call up and say, hey, Sammy, we'd love to have you at the convention. That'd be great. Thanks. That's all I wanted to say. That's our That's guy. Excuse me, Nick Friedel, earlier this week. Maybe the White Sox could call Sammy and have him come to the White Sox convention since he started there. Yeah, well, trained, actually started in Texas. Training for still. George, George Bell. Maybe yeah. George Bell can come back. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Here's the thing. I agree with Nick yeah. as far as the convention. You know, I'm 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 never probably going to bend on Hall of Fame for the guys that uh, you know use steroids. Oh, he's never sixty proven. homers three I times. Know, I know. I'm talking know. about the Hall of or put a special wing, the Hall of yeah. Fame from the PED wing, whatever you know. And I don't think that that number twenty one is really you know in my idea to put up on the flagpole. But you know what do I right. know? I'm just a fan also. But I agree with Nick. You know, let him go and sign the autographs. The kids want to see him. The 20-year-olds want to see it's him. It's a fan convention. Well, yeah. Sean Bosky and John Baker were there. Well, Come here, on. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Obviously, something happened either between Ricketts and Sammy. In other words, just conjecture. Something had to happen. Like maybe the first year Ricketts owned the team, they called up Sammy. Sammy, can you come to the Cub convention? No, man. Nah, I'm too busy. So there might be something that really is that little stone in the shoe of Tom Ricketts that really peed him, peed him, you know. Then you know what? He should say it. Well, I agree. Yeah. But maybe, well, Sammy, maybe talk to Sammy on the phone. Because all we hear from uh, Ricketts is that he needs Sammy to come clean. Mm-hmm. Come on. That or, sounds so silly. What's probably really the, 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 the problem is this. Other Cubs players say a carry Wood. Just making up names. Kerry Wood, other guys have said to Tom Ricketts, Tom, if you bring that guy back, we're not coming. I mean, I'm just saying, there's got to be something. There's got to be something we don't see. What if it is Kerry Wood said, listen, all the guys we've well, said, unless that he apologizes, not just in public, but to me or uh, us. I didn't want to tell you this, but I heard that. Paul Russell said he will never come back if Sammy Sosa comes to the next can- fan convention. <laughs> Paul Paul was there, but no Rick. No Rick, but Paul was there. Half of the... Larry Bittner was there. The, we, you know, we talked about pronunciations. I know we're running late. I know. Hang on, big shot. So real quick. So uh, we always talk about, well, I do, pronunciations of the last names. You know, Nagy, yeah. Nagy, Nagy. So I'll never forget. I'm listening to the leadoff man show, and it's Lou Boudreaux back in the old days, you know. Good kid. and uh, The original good kid. And uh, Rick, you know, Russell, Russell, Russell. Rick had just been called up from uh, AAA, right? Yeah. And Lou Boudreaux goes, so tell me, uh, young man, uh, Rick, how do we pronounce your last name so we get it right? Because you're off to a great start with the Cubs. And in his country drawl, Rick Russell, I can hear this like it was yesterday. Rick Russell says on the leadoff man show, well, some people call me Russell, some people call me Ruschel, some people call me Rochelle. So I don't really know, Lou. <laughs> nice. There you go. Hey, busy, All we know is he was a hell of a pitcher. Busy, you bet. And yeah. a great fielder and hitter. I mean, he, he, you mean was, he can throw to first? He was one of those big guys that, that was, was light on his feet. He was. Just amazing. So like Zambrano type guy or, or Curly Howard. Speaking of that, Zambrano was at the convention. Hey, we'll be right back and uh, 
We're going to visit with uh, one of our favorite featured columnists, sports guy Steve Greenberg, sometimes. Sprained all feels. If you haven't heard it yet, you'll hear it when he comes uh, uh, to join us. And I got Cubs intel from the Cubs convention. All that and more in the final hour. Back in a flash, ESPN 1000. Hour number three, Murph and Fred, every Saturday. Glad you're with us. One minute away from Steve Greenberg, feature column the Suntime Sports section. Uh, Fred, let's take a look at our 11 o'clock, 30-minute uh, Twitter poll. Uh, vote now at ESPN 1000. Multiple choice. If Golden State is a lock to win the NBA championship, A... All 29 other, other teams ought to you know, just tank. Okay. B, well, five or ten of the, of the teams should uh, tank. C, no teams should tank. If Golden State indeed is a lot to win the championship, and they may not be, maybe you think they aren't, but if they are, all 29 other teams should just say, hey, we're going to tank. We don't have a chance. B, five or ten of the teams, as you know, they ought to. C, no teams should tank tank. Uh, 30 seconds away from Steve Gamer. We were talking about the weather. I noticed this uh, during the break. Mild weather dominates uh, this weekend. I think this is Tom Skilling. It couldn't have been more different, though, on this very day. What's today? January 20th. It couldn't have been much different than today, 33 years ago. I remember this. Chicago's bone-chilling cold January 20th of 1985 established an all-time new low-temperature record for the city. 27 below was the thermostat temperature. Sustained winds out of the west 25 miles an hour. Wind chill minus 77 with a little asterisk. The wind chill calculation was later modified in the year 2001. But at the time, this combination would still compute now to wind chill of minus 61 today. That's what... That's why I'm so surprised that over the last couple of weeks, everybody was saying how cold it was. If you lived through 85... Yeah. This is nothing. This is nothing. You put on an extra jacket and a pair of gloves. Let's go. Or you can warm yourself up reading one of my favorite columnists out there. Love his spray to all fields approach. It's Steve Greenberg, sometimes featured sports columnist, now on with Murph and Fred. He has been 1,000. Murph here. Good morning, Steve. I, I think they called that 1985 weather event, weather event Ditka, as I recall. <laughs> I think so. I think so. How are you guys doing? We're good. Doing, We're doing. Yeah, you either blame it on the coach or attribute it to the coach. I hear you all the way. Fans say to Steve Greenberg. Steve, as opposed to a normal, you know, visit, uh, like when you when you join us. Which we've never done before, a normal visit. Oh, yeah, Steve's been with us once or twice, but never normal. Uh, As opposed to our normal abnormal (laughs) sit down with you, we uh, clipped and printed out. I guess you don't clip these days, but we printed out. Well, I still clip. A few of Most people don't print out either. A few of your (laughs) nuggets over the last uh, a couple of weeks. Let's go first to uh, January 16th, uh, Steve uh, Greenberg. And uh, you say right here, talking on the Bulls uh, beat, they called it, is this town of Chicago appreciating Bulls coach Fred Hoiberg at all? Now, let the record show this is almost exactly... Uh, 
a couple days ago. Uh, January, this was Thursday. 18th, yeah. This was Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday. Steve, what are your angles? What's your thoughts? Why do you say, is Chicago appreciating Freddie Hoiberg at all? We're going to look back on this season, on this roster, and marvel at how little uh, it gave Hoiberg, I think, to work with in terms of what he wants to do. The fact that they've gone 14-8 and eight since... You know that three and twenty start. I think it's fourteen and eight. Maybe it's fourteen and nine now. Um, uh, is it, I, I, it's nothing to sneeze at, and 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 who they've done it with um, is impressive to me. I don't know how meaningful it is. You can talk about tanking. You could talk about you know sort of wins in a in a vacuum. This team's not going to the playoffs. They're not. You know how much does it really matter at this stage? will eventually sort of have more perspective on that. But I think it matters, and, and that, that he has sort of turned the tide uh, in terms of his influence on the, on, on, on the Bulls' culture, uh, at least what we're seeing on the court. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, this is a, this is a, a turning point for, for Hoiberg, his reputation, I think, the way uh, he is seen around the league. And it's clear to me he has the ear of his – Young core—that's uh, worth something too. And then you, I mean, al- you uh, also, excuse me. Then you also point out, yeah. Steve, in the same column two days ago, some numbers. Fred, I don't know if you'd seen these anywhere else. I really hadn't. He says uh, the Bulls have a monthly point average. All right, so in October, the Bulls averaged ninety points a game. Yeah, uh, that was uh, October. October right. Followed by things. Uh, November, they went from uh, 90 to uh, 97. Now I know there's roster changes in that. And, and uh, then in uh, the next month, they go up in December to 107. So we're 98 up to uh, 90, 